0: It's so good to be back at New Life, a joy to be in the town of Presswick, uh, a venue of many happy childhood years in Presswick Holiday Park, um, about a mile along the road, and the fair folks of Presswick definitely have a special place in my heart. Wow, pandemic city, we're still here, cheer up, we're still this side of the grass. So we are winners before we even kick a ball this morning. Yeah, the pandemic, it's got us all thinking. We've gone through a major reset, whether we want to go through a reset or not. As I was fellowshipping with Pastor Jim, his wife Kathy, and Pastor Dave in the office before the service, I realised quickly we've all gone through the same events and we are processing to a level, our perspectives are similar. COVID hasn't changed the plans and purposes of God at all. He's not shifted gear into plan B and saying, let's form a committee. (laughs) Have you ever been in churches with lots of committees? Goodness. Goodness. Committees take minutes and waste hours. (laughs) Committees are made up of people who individually can do nothing and agree collectively nothing can be done. (laughs) I'm so grateful the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles and not the committees the Apostles formed. (laughs) Praise the Lord for freedom in the Holy Spirit. Good worship this morning and minister to my Glasgow soul. Yeah, worship is groovy in any season. The best of times, the worst of times. Billy Graham would say it differently, but I think worship is groovy. Music does so much to you and I anyway, but when our souls are marinating in the lyrics of Scripture, the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, we are in a good place I have a brief message this morning it's all about our relationship with God because that's never changed through the pandemic we are in Christ Jesus when the virus hit God did not strike the delete button and say we're no longer in Christ Jesus it was business as normal in the heavenly realms as business is normal in the kingdom of heaven. As we look briefly this morning at our relationship with the Lord, as we seek to exit the pandemic this year, and I do believe prophetically this is a year where a lot of our liberties will be restored. This will be a year. This will be a year where we will no longer be on the sidelines of Scottish society, but begin to get into the centre of influence in Scottish society, where we belonged all along, because the gospel is for nations. Praise God, it's for you and I, but ultimately it is for nations. And when we look at our relationship with God, we need a proceeding word. There's times in our walk with God we're in phases of silence. We know the pain of when heaven seems to have disconnected from our spirits and nothing is coming down line. It's phases of frustration and anxiety, refining times, as the Lord drills down deeply into the core of who we really are. The pandemic has helped you and I get in touch with who we really are. It's a big part of our walk in Christ Jesus. But as we seek to anchor today's message, I'm going to make a brief statement. If you like a politician. God is present future. He's in the present He's in the future. He's dealt with the past, which means in his sovereignty, he's already dealt with the pandemic. We're just playing catch-up to get into divine grooves. God is present future, which means we are present future people. We are people of the present, immovable, unshakable Absolutely permanent, and we are people of the future. Prophecy is history written in advance. That's worth quoting again this Sunday morning. Prophecy is history written in advance. Outstanding prophetic scriptures are beginning to be fulfilled in our generation. Many of us have unfulfilled prophecy spoken over our lives. From God's perspective, it's a done deal. We're just running to catch up with his prophetic program. Prophetic words can often go so far into the future, we can feel lack of connection. The reality is, you and I have this morning a God-given horizon in our lives. We can see a horizon in our lives, individually and as a church. And there, as we look into the horizon, that which we believe to be visible, it helps you and I set goals and movement in our relationship with Him. Our relationship with God it's not in a vacuum. It's not a make-believe relationship. It has substance. What do you see in the horizon of your life? Good times, bad times, challenging times, times where you perceive things are going to accelerate in your life. Well, as you perceive looking into your horizon, then set your goals and movement in your relationship with God, with every goal and objective you perceive, loaded with Scripture, and bring that relationally before the Lord. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, from the Amplified Bible, a verse that's familiar to all of us For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. This is a Bible verse we've gone to, usually when we're discouraged, when we feel we need G'd up a little in God. But in truth, it means way more than giving us an emotional boost. For the plans and thoughts of God that are over all of our lives this morning. Some have come by way of prophetic utterance. Others, well, we're carrying the substance of God's thoughts and God's plans for our life, but we haven't discovered the languages yet. Revelation 1, verse 8 in the Amplified Bible states, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord God. He who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, the ruler of all. The one who gives us thoughts and plans is the Alpha and Omega. Brothers and sisters, wherever you're at in your walk with God this morning, the Lord Jesus had the first word in your life. He will have the last word in your life, and lots of words in between. We're always at a place of great peace and rest when we relate to the Lord from a place of surrender. We know the famous hymn. I surrender all and it's easy to sing harder to live there's lyrics in parenthesis in Scottish to that great hymn I surrender all and then in parenthesis I write (laughs) that's for the guy standing beside me not for me thank you very much I know what to get you Lord if I need you but let me crack on with my own little ways When we're at a place of surrender, divine objectives become so real in our spirits. This morning as you hear the sound of my voice, whether you're one month old in the Lord or 40 years old in the Lord, even beyond that, the divine objectives in our life never really change. For so hardwired into our spirits, is a sense of destiny, identity, and calling. You have an identity that you have to discover as part of your own walk with the Lord. This fellowship has sojourned along the pathway of destiny over many years. You have a calling. I have a calling. It's what gets us out of bed in the morning. I have a destiny. I have an identity in Christ Jesus that I'm discovering more day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I have a calling. You have a calling. Look where the gospel has taken you from the moment you first received Jesus as Lord. Look where sin took us. Goodness. You look back in the old life pre Jesus. It beggars belief when we all reflect on situations and lifestyles we were part of and thought nothing of it. But in Christ Jesus, look at the destiny that's unpacked thus far, the identity you're living in thus far, and the calling you're walking in thus far. God is present future. And we need to respond to that. It's something we should explore in the spirit. Exploring in the spirit is an interesting journey. It's counterintuitive. It's not something that you can be taught too much. You tend to catch exploring in the spirit, then discover your own language in the process. For all of us who have received prophetic words over the years, we can bring those words into a present relationship with him, not in an egocentric way, but in a way that you would put a question or make a statement to anyone you're in close relationship with. God loves our fellowship. That's why we're here this morning Worship's a time where God gets to hang out with his children. He loves to be praised and worshipped. He loves to get the family together on Sunday mornings and on other occasions too. But in fellowship, we can say things to the Lord. You can have a language with an intimate friend that you don't have with many other friends. And putting those questions to the Lord, bringing prophetic words spoken over us historically into our present relationship with him, well that is destiny going somewhere to happen. The greatest asset we have in our daily walk with God isn't our Bible knowledge although I do encourage you to open your Bible from time to time it's not about the volume of teaching we've listened to over the decades, the conferences we've attended, the books that we've read, and I do endorse all of the above. It's about our prophetic perceptions. That's a phrase worth exploring in the spirit. Prophetic perceptions. You use your perceptions every time you meet somebody new We've used our perceptions trying to make sense of COVID and the pandemic. We use our perceptions when we pray in the Spirit and when we enter into Scripture reading. But if we practice good perceptions every day, prophetic perceptions every day, we will be on that axis of present future we're living for today but we're planning for the future as you think of your future and where you're living right now understand the interplay between the two I can recall in the last years I worked in the motor trade I sensed big change ahead and I didn't quite know what that change meant I knew I had a calling on my life But one word I couldn't get away from was study. And I kept perceiving what that word study could mean for me. And it meant I was already connecting to the future while I was working in a trade that truth be told had only given me a living from a young age. I absolutely hated working in the motor trade. If anyone says I like it, well, you need counselling, definitely. You need a sozo unless you're Arnold Clark, moving on rather rapidly, or Reg Vardy, who remembers Apple Yards, yep, a few over 50s in the congregation, keep nodding your head if you bought a duff car from Apple Yards, that's why they went out of business, but as present future people we live in the present, we're connected to the future. This gives us a mindset, of present-future thinking, decision-making with the future in mind. Within about two or three years of the word study being very real in my spirit, I was to embark on a six-year study experience, Bible school, college, and university. Truth be told, I'm still on the study track today some things never really end. I'm going to land this plane relatively soon. I thought it would be contemporary as we're adjacent to Presswick Airport. But it's not Ryanair. They charge you for everything. If you've got emotional baggage, don't fly Ryanair. They will charge you for that too. And the chief executive doesn't care. He will laugh. If you Type out all your historical experiences, complaining, why was I charged so much? As we seek to wrap up this brief message, ask yourselves this question as a church and as individuals. This is a prophetic message this morning, but it has a relationship with God at the very center. Prophetic messages are not meant to be fulfilled in the abstract, not out there somewhere. They are fulfilled in the very core of our daily walk with God. Up till now, you can work out rapidly. A lot of our walk with God is all about asking the right questions. I don't know how your encounters with the Lord have gone over the years, but my encounters, well, the Lord never turns up giving me a clearly outlined set of packaged answers. It's all about the questions we ask. Are you asking the right questions this morning? A good question is, Lord, who are you for us now? Who are you for new life? Who are you for me? God has so many redemptive names. I remember in 2008... I was traveling in America and the Lord said to me, Alan, I'm going to prosper you in a time of global recession. I said, that's a good word. I receive it. <laughs> when we entered the pandemic, the Lord spoke to me and says, Alan, I'm going to take you into a time of pruning. This is best out of three, Lord. I reject the first one. Run by me another two. I'll get back to you soon. So while enjoyed a time of prospering and a global recession? I've had to live in the pain of the pruning knife over the last two years as much of my ministry globally has disappeared. My academic career has gone to the bare minimum over the last two years. What a joy to pastor the good people of Bridgeton and beyond that the west of Scotland and Gateway. That's one part of my calling that has not gone the way of the pruner's knife. Who are you for me now, Lord? What are we discovering? What are you discovering about God's nature? These are deep questions, simple questions. I've, just, I've encountered the Lord in two main areas throughout the pandemic, his mercy and his faithfulness I can look God in the eye and say you are merciful you are faithful not because I got it from a bible verse but because it's part of the living epistle being written in my spirit and but what are we exploring about the future in him moving forward is preceded by a time of exploration I'm a big dreamer I'm living in dreams today that probably people would have found questionable 25, 30 years ago, maybe objectionable, my journey of exploration. What tends to happen is I begin to dream what I'm exploring, and it comes alive on the inside of me. What are you exploring right now about your future in Christ Jesus? God is so confident about the future that we possess. Because in Philippians 1 verse 6, it states, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We can look at our own human frailty and ask ourselves the question, have I messed up the work of God in my life? Have I made bad choices? Have I got off certain pathways too soon? It's part of a wrestling with the Lord. Let me encourage you this morning, my brothers and sisters, that the grace of the Creator is far more powerful than the resistance of the created. The grace of the creator is far more powerful than the resistance of the created. Our mistakes, he turns into miracles. The experience we get through making bad choices or genuine errors, well, we have experience. Nothing's wasted. Every chapter of our life delivers experience. Even devastating life, even devastating chapters in a life delivers experience. The late great Charles Haddon Spurgeon believed everything that he went through in life was for the benefit of the body of Christ, to help others and to encourage others. He was the prince of preachers, a man of a previous generation that knew. His God. As you and I continue to ponder and reflect, because it's been a time of pondering, it's been a time of reflection, unlearning, watching an uprooting of much of what we had lived in historically, and living in an internal sense of being reset, we can be rest assured that our relationship with God grows as we align ourselves with his view of us in the present and the future. We can ask that question confidently. Lord, what is your view of me? How do you see me? The Father's incredibly and dynamically attracted Christ and you God has already dealt with our lives in Christ Jesus he doesn't see what's wrong with us he just sees areas where we need upgrading he sees gaps that he can bridge in Christ Jesus in essence the life of discipleship is merely learning to put on the new man I've watched many habits go over the years. I've watched positive progress coming through the work of grace in my life over the years. And I'm so grateful for it. However, all that's really happened is the Holy Spirit teaching me to put on the new man. I can sing of my praises forever to the Lord for the work he's done in my life. But emotionally, he's flat line when it comes to his progressive purposes of the new creation emerging in local churches and in individual lives. Very quickly, as I wrap this message up in the next few minutes, Philippians 3 verses 12 to 17 are Bible verses that give us Six quick bullet points that we can take home with us and use as a marker as we process the preceding message. Verse 12, we do press on, we do press on, we do press on, press on, press on. on. Even if you don't have a lot of strength, Left this morning. Philippians 3 verse 12. Press on. Press on. 13. Reaching forward. Reaching forward. This is a grace message. It's not a message designed to get you to initiate works in your own. I'm speaking to the grace of God in your life. That is always reaching forward. And verse 14. Pressing toward the goal verse 15 ongoing revelation that's when we know we are progressing when we receive revelation that begins to change our circumstances and always verse 16 discovering that across the body you're entering into a similar mind this a same mind the same mindset And Paul being Paul, verse 17, follow my example. Follow the thought leaders that are in your sphere of influence. People that are speaking truth to you, that so resonates. And when you apply to your life, begins to make a great difference. In every generation, in every local congregation, across the wider body of Christ, thought leaders emerge. And we can follow their example. The power of living in the prophetic decrees that we can be in the future, in the spirit, and live from the future into the present. If you need encouragement this morning, be edified by God's view of a real identity. Our real identity is incredible. If we could see each other through heavenly eyes right now, flesh and blood would leave the picture very quickly. We have a phenomenal identity in Christ Jesus. Praise God we don't become evangelical robots. Praise God it's not a case of being nice because we are in Christ Jesus. We all carry an identity That reflects different aspects of who Christ Jesus is. And it works through in our personality. Generally, we do become kinder and more patient the longer the Christ Jesus works in our life. But as I finish this message, we have something very powerful called persona. Made up of personality. We're made up of persona. You're seeing my persona right now as a a traveling minister, although I haven't done that much traveling in the last two years. But my wife and daughter and Lassa Apso Dog don't want this geezer walking through the door later this afternoon. They want me returning in my personality, which is husband, dad, and the old guy that takes me for a walk. We have a persona as we serve the Lord in church. As we go about our daily routine in our working life. As we engage in different communities. So that persona reflects our identity in Christ Jesus. It's ever growing. It's ever changing. That's why in the body of Christ we know people who are the real deal. Because their persona tells us absolutely everything that's why our prayer should always be Lord keep working in my personality especially my negative personality traits do you have negative personality traits you do, I don't, I'm fine I don't fancy your chances much (laughs) of course we all have negative personality traits And our true identity in Christ Jesus nullifies much of that. In truth, when there's a fresh move of the spirit, our negative personality traits tend to come to the surface. But it's at that time the Lord says, Good, let's get them out of the way before we get down to some serious kingdom business together. Our God is present future, you are present, your future. We're hooked up to this eternal covenant that's immutable and stands for all eternity. I used to think all we had to do was respond to the call of God for salvation, but now I get older in the Lord. I do park up a lot of the time in my mind. That the grace of the creator is way more superior, way greater than the resistance of the created. Brothers and sisters, as we exit the pandemic, we can look forward to the work God has done within us to be expressed through you and I.